The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Hey guys, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to Season 3 of Garthology. We're so excited to be back and are refreshed and energized from the holiday break. We appreciate your patience in awaiting our return, and we're so happy you're checking back in with us. We have a lot of great plans for Season 3 episodes. There will be Garth games, giveaways, and more. So let's kick off our third season with a discussion of one of our very favorite songwriters, Mr. Tony Arada. We'll send it over to Jess to discuss Tony's early life. Anthony Michael Arada was born October 10, 1957 in Savannah, Georgia, and grew up on nearby Tybee Island. His older brother gave him a guitar when he was about 13, and when his older brother and sister left a vast album collection behind, he started spending time playing along with all the great songs. He also studied the lyrics on the inserts of those albums and began to try his hand at songwriting during his high school years on Tybee, though he says his early songs were extremely rough. He says his formative years were spent on Tybee in the 70s and that it was truly an island and an island mentality, very slow-paced and laid-back. He says it has a small town feel and just happened to be surrounded by the ocean and the full-time residents were like family and he maintains that that will always be home to him. It sounds like a really cool place to grow up. I don't really know anything about Tybee Island, but just the little brief thing that I read from him makes it sound like a cool place to grow up. Yes, it does. For sure. For college, he studied journalism at Georgia Southern University and it was there that he really kind of got serious about the craft of songwriting and he was able to start performing his work in local bands for a small but responsive audience. So to me, his start seems really reminiscent of Garth's in that way, like reading about how he was growing his craft in the college circuit and in those little bars that are around college towns. Like that sounds exactly like kind of Garth starting out. So it's cool that they had that in common. He recorded for Noble Vision Records in 1984, charting two singles on the Hot Country song charts. And then in 1986, he and his wife, Jamie, moved to Nashville. He credits her with giving him the nudge he needed to make the big move. According to Tony, she said to him, we can be broke anywhere. We might as well be broke somewhere that there's a chance of something happening for your songs. 30 days later, they were in Nashville, and he says he never would have made it there, much less been able to stay if it hadn't been for her faith and support. Once he arrived in Nashville, his unique soulful style began to get the attention of people like Alan Reynolds and Garth. Garth's recorded several of Tony's songs, which Pete will talk about coming up. One of those songs, The Dance, won Song of the Year at the ACMs and received both a CMA and Grammy nom, as well as Most Performed Song in Radio and Records magazine. Tony was inducted into the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2012. He's also had number one records with Here I Am for Patti Loveless, I'm Holding My Own for Leroy Parnell, and Dreaming With My Eyes Open for Clay Walker. Other artists who've recorded his songs include Dolly Parton, Emmylou Harris, Bonnie Raitt, Delbert McClinton, Don Williams, Reba McIntyre, Susie Boggess, Hal Ketchum, and of course, Miss Trisha. He wrote the song Fairy Tale off of her 1995 album, Thinking About You, 
and Sing You Back to Me off of 2007's Heaven, Heartache, and the Power of Love. I'm not really familiar with Fairy Tale, but I really love Sing You Back to Me. That was a beautiful song. Tony's also recorded four solo albums featuring new songs, covers, and guest appearances by many of Nashville's finest musicians and artists. But who is he as a person? Well, according to Garth, he's pretty awesome. Garth has said of Tony, one of my favorite songwriters has to be Tony Arata. He's a cat who doesn't care about appearances. He doesn't care about money. He cares about his children, his wife, and his music. That's neat. We agree with you, Garth. Tony Arata seems like a very cool guy. And clearly he's a man with an incredible and vast career as a songwriter. So let's dig into some of those songs, specifically the ones he wrote, which were later recorded by our favorite country artist, Garth Brooks. Pete, how many of Tony's songs did Garth actually record? So yeah, actually, Tony and Garth, they did a total of eight songs together with one another, seven of which were recorded by Garth as Garth, and one by Garth as Chris Gaines. So I get to review and go over all of Tony's work with Garth Brooks. And so with that, let's go all the way back to where it started between the two of them. During research, I was on Tony's website, and he has a page dedicated to the dance. It reads, I will be the first to admit that without this song, there might not have been the others. Ironically, it was the very first thing I ever had recorded after we moved to Nashville. More ironic, perhaps, is how prophetic the words to this song have become by virtue of circumstance. Not some grand design or on my part at the time of their creation. What has happened since then could have been no more anticipated than it could be recreated. My one brush with being right was pure chance, as it were. I met the gentleman who cut it at an open mic songwriter show at Douglas Corner. Garth and Sandy had just moved from Oklahoma about the same time Jamie and I came up from Georgia. We were both doing whatever we could to stay in Nashville, trying to get our songs heard by anybody. The only folks listening, however, were the songwriters, as no one else was usually at our shows. And so it was at one of those nights at the Bluebird Cafe, Garth heard this one and swore if he ever got a record deal, he was going to do it. Well, he did, and he did, and he did. I will always be grateful that it was a songwriter who made this one his own. The song was doubtably blessed because it was also produced by a songwriter, Alan Reynolds, Tony. So the first project, the two of them to this day and every day going forward, my absolute favorite, The Dance. The Dance was released on Garth Brooks' self-titled debut album, Garth Brooks, is the 10th and final song released in April of 1990. The Dance reached number one on the Billboard Hot Country single charts and stayed there for three consecutive weeks. The Dance was a hit single around the world, including the United States, Europe, and Ireland, charting inside the British pop top 40. In 1990, it was named both Song of the Year and Video of the Year by the Academy of Country Music. It was awarded the number 14 position in in the CMT 100 Greatest Songs of Country Music broadcast in 2003, and also the number 5 position on the network's The Greatest 100 Greatest Music Video Specials in 2004. Garth has said about recording the dance in a 1994 Playboy interview, Brooks said, unless I am totally surprised, the dance will be the greatest success as a song we will ever do. I will go to my grave with the dance. It'll always be my favorite song. And I have said it before, Garth, the dance will forever be my favorite. And I will go to my grave with that statement. All I can say is thank you to Tony for writing my all-time favorite song. The second song they worked on together was Same Old Story that was released on the No Fences album in August of 1990. There is not a lot of info other than the anthology part one on Same Old Story. 
Tony states in the anthology that he put out an album that nobody knew about, including MCA Records, the company that put it out. (laughs) One of the songs that made the album was Same Old Story. And as soon as Garth and Tony started up a friendship, Garth started singing that song back to him. Garth says that he knew after the dance that he wanted to do more of Tony's songs and the melody in this song killed Garth and he knew that he wanted it. Tony mentions that when Garth approached him about the song, he didn't come at him like it was going to be a single on the radio, but it was going to be a song that he heard as part of the album. He knew that Garth made sure every album meant something. All the songs meant something and they all had a particular spot on the album. Garth talks about feeling the pain in a song and how same old story takes you there and how he just loves that feeling when he sings that song. Personally, for me, I love the song, the lyrics and the story behind it. The third project they did together was Face to Face, and it was released in September of 1992 on the Chase album. In the anthology, Tony says that he does not know of any other artist that would have taken a shot on this song. Tony continues that he was standing on some balcony steps at a ASCAP award getting ready to take a picture with other songwriters who all had number one songs. Garth was there and started to sing different lines of face to face to him. He doesn't even believe that the song had been recorded yet, but Garth called Tony soon after and asked if he would consider adding a verse to the song. Garth mentions he felt it was missing one more layer. He felt that the boy in the story went from a child to an adult way too fast. Garth mentions that Tony came back with the date rape verse, and it was just so powerful. He states that you cannot follow a song like that. That is why it got the last spot on that album. Garth states that from We Shall Be Free to Face to Face, there is a thread in there, and he thinks that it's self-discovery. That is a very powerful song, and to read about it in the anthology made me understand how powerful that song and story really is. The fourth project they did together was Kickin' and Screamin'. It was released in August of 1993 off the M Pieces album. First off, listening to it again, this is a song that really shows the country music range in Garth's voice. Tony put in the anthology that he wrote it while down in St. Augustine, Florida, a place he wrote a lot of music while he was down there visiting. Garth states that this was a very fun song by Tony, a side that they had not seen. It was not anything like the dance and face-to-face. The song is about the way you come into this world, tells the story about your time here, and how we all live to make sure we are noticed, and that when it's time to go, we all go out the same way, kicking and screaming. Tony explains that he grew up in a big family, and Deb, I'm sure you can relate, but he states that at family gatherings, you always knew that there would be an episode at some time. The other shoe was going to drop, and at some point, that's when it did, the fights would happen. He said he never really mentioned that to anybody until the anthology and that the song gave that a place to be told. Gar says that In Pieces was more of a live show album. The album would wear you out, but Kicking and Screaming was a way to slow it down, but still have fun. He describes it as a new part of a playground that they finally get to play in, and it allowed him to show us that range in his vocals. And we finally got to hear that growl from Garth in his vocals and in his voice. We always talk about it, and uh, you can really hear it in Kicking and Screaming. The song is really fun, and uh, I definitely enjoyed listening to it while uh, researching it for this episode. The fifth project they did together was Anonymous, and it was co-wrote by Tony Arata and John Schwab. It is listed that it was released in August of 1993 in the In Pieces album, but when you look at the original release, it's not on the album. However, it was released on the limited and remastered series. 
So I did some research uh, as much as I could, and I really could not find a whole lot of info on it. It's not a song that I was very familiar with. But one cool thing I did find is that if you Google search it, the first thing that comes up is a cover of our good buddy Jim Gegner and a cover that he did. And he really did it awesome. Like, I wish that there was more info on this song to write about. But when I Google searched it, sure enough, there was Jim and he was doing his cover. And uh, it was funny. I reached out to him on Instagram and told him I saw it. And that's pretty neat. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't, there wasn't a lot on the song um, and not one that I was familiar with at all. The sixth project they did together was The Change, and it was released in 1995 as the sixth song off the Fresh Horses album. This song was co-written by Tony and a gentleman by the name of Wayne Tester. Before I go any further, it should be known that I would put this song in my top 10 of Garth songs at any time. It was released in March of 1996 as the fourth single off the album and reached number 19 on the Billboard Hot Country Single Tracks chart. We did an episode and we all explained the meaning of the song to each of us. It describes someone making an effort to fix the world, even though people kept telling them that they would never change things. It has a significant meaning to the Oklahoma City bombings with the families and the victims of that tragic day. The song just breaks me every time I hear it. If you did not get a chance to listen to that episode we recorded, I highly recommend that you head back to Season 2, Episode 18, Fresh Horses, Part 2. The seventh project they did was Why Ain't I Running, released in March of 2003 and released off the Scarecrow album. It was co-written by Garth Brooks, Tony Arata, and Kent Blasey. It was the fifth single off the Scarecrow album and reached number 24 on the Billboard Hot Country Singles and Tracks chart. There is not a lot about this song to research, which surprises me because it's such a great song. The story and the meaning behind it sounds very Tony-like. To me, it's a love story in a way, a, a way a man, and he knows what he wants, but he can't obtain what he wants. And I, the story is tricky. There is a part in it, the lyrics, and how does she hold me without holding on just says so much about the story and the impact that this woman has on this man in the story. Uh, the other lyrics of the song that I could sing over and over again are, oh, once happiness was only whenever I was alone. So now why do I feel lonely anytime that I'm alone? Like it's a very good play on words, how he does it. Like, it just tells so much about the song. The song comes on the playlist here and again, and when it does, I always find myself turning it up. So it was nice to be able to research it and listen to it for this episode. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a really good one. Now, I did find that they also worked on a project, like I had mentioned before, um, for the life of Chris Gaines. It was a song named That's the Way I Remember It. It was released in September of 1999, and it was the first song on the album. It was co-written by a guy named... Tommy Sims, and of course, Tony Arata. And this song is great, but it's a song for another episode. Oh, I love this song. I love Why Ain't I Running too, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because, Jess, you mentioned that uh, that cut. Uh, I was going to say, Garth Brooks says to Tony to close it out. One of my favorite songwriters has to be Tony Arata. He's a cat who doesn't care about appearance. He doesn't care about money. He just cares about his children, his wife, and his music. And that's neat. That's what Garth says. For, for me, it just shows like, you know, he's a true genuine dude to Garth and obviously was a huge influence and a big impact on Garth's career and uh, the music that they did. So um, those are the eight uh, projects that they did together. And uh, that's what I got for you. Deb, what's he been up to lately? So I'm going to give you guys some information on Tony's solo albums, as well as where you can find him in the future. So as Jess mentioned, Tony's recorded four solo albums featuring new songs, 
covers, and guest appearances by many of Nashville's finest musicians. The first was in 2000. It was called Way Back When. Next came Such Is Life in 2005, and that included Tony's recording of Kicking and Screaming, which Garth recorded on his In Pieces album, and we covered our review of it in Season 2, Episode 7 of Garthology. It also included The Change by Tony, which Garth released on his Fresh Horses album, and we reviewed on Season 2, Episode 18 of Garthology. Tony then released the album Sing You Back to Me, which Jess mentioned earlier. She loves that song. That album was released in 2012. Sing You Back to Me had 16 tracks on it from Tony. That included Tony's recordings of two songs we know from Garth, both Face to Face and The Dance. And as Jess mentioned, Trisha released the song Sing You Back to Me on her Heaven, Heartache, and the Power of Love album, which came out in 2007. And just last year, in 2021, Tony released his most recent album, and that's titled Getting Older, which had 10 tracks on it. Most of those albums are available for you to listen to either on Apple or Amazon Music, so be sure and visit Tony's website to get to the link for those. And as for the future, if you would like to see Mr. Arata in person, he currently has tickets available on his website, tonyarata.com forward slash shows. For a show at the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville, Tennessee, tomorrow night, January 28th, 2022, which starts at 9 p.m., so get on that quick. On Thursday, March 17th, 2022, he will be performing at the Galt Fine Arts Center in Pulaski, Tennessee. Tickets for that show are also available via a link on his website. And again, that's at tonyarada.com forward slash shows. Okay, everyone, that wraps up our discussion of one of our very favorite songwriters, Mr. Tony Arada. We look forward to bringing you more information about people that have helped put Garth Brooks on the musical map in the future. Now let's get over into some breaking news. Breaking news. Garth recently announced Garth in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium. Tickets go on sale tomorrow, Friday, January 28th at 10 a.m. Eastern. This will be Garth's first time at the home of the Patriots and the only stadium tour date in New England. Be sure and get your tickets on Ticketmaster right away. They go pretty fast. Now let's go over to Pete for a shout out to one of our very favorite Garthologists. Shout outs. Yeah, this episode's shout out goes to Joe Whitney. Joe, we know it's been a little while since you sent us the message for Mary's Dream off the Christmas album. We appreciate the info on the instrumental to lead us into the last song on the album, What Child Is This? That helps make sense to me why it was only 54 seconds of instrumentals. Thank you, sir, for the assist on that one. We do appreciate the interaction and the heads up. Yes, we do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have you checked out our website at Garthology.com yet? If not, stop by today and check out our past episodes and bonus content. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, stop by there now and give us a rating and write up a quick review to let us know how we're doing. Finally, be sure and share us with everyone you know 
That way you can help your friends in low places become Garthologists too. Yeah, and speaking of friends in low places, if you guys are on social media, we would love to interact with you. If you like to be on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. And if you're on Instagram or Twitter, we are at GarthologyCast there. So we do appreciate the direct messages, the shares, the likes, the tweets, the retweets, and everything in between. So if you guys are there and you guys are interacting, we appreciate it. Keep doing it. If you're not, reach out. We'd love to have a, a conversation with you. Next time on Garthology, we are going to be introducing part one of our Garth games. Now, to give you guys a little bit of a heads up, we wanted to provide you some information now so you have some knowledge going forward about what we're going to do. It may be a little confusing, but we are going to be doing a bracket style like March Madness thing, but early in February on Garth songs. So what we've done is with a little bit of help from our friends in the Garth Brooks Believers Group, we narrowed down some of everybody's very favorite Garth Brooks songs, and we have now put those into a bracket-style tournament. And myself and Jess and Pete will be going over each bracket. There are four categories. There are love songs. There are cowboy songs. There are the hits. And the final category is heartbreak songs. So together, the three of us will try to, I'm sure with a lot of pain and agony, go through eliminating Garth's songs by knocking songs out with other songs. And so we will put those brackets up on our website. We will also send them out via all of our social media accounts. We want you guys to play along with us. Let us know why we were wrong about what songs we kicked out. We'll probably do four songs, either four songs or eight songs on the first episode. It'll get more and more narrow as we go. We suspect it'll probably end up being either four or five episodes. And you guys are going to have to help us out. We're going to need you to tell us what did we get wrong? Why did some songs beat other songs out? So be sure and look forward to that. That will start with Season 3, Episode 2. But for now, this has been Season 3, Episode 1 of Garthology, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs> Beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> Like a bone man, what's up, buddy? <laughs> Look at the bone. Look at his hair. <laughs> Look at his hair. <laughs> He's got the backwards mullet going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good job. Good burp, buddy. That a boy. <laughs> Sheesh. What was that? <laughs> Hello? Hello? It's amazing. Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I was funny. like, was that a person or a cat? Yeah. It sounded like a cat. <laughs> Meow. We Meow. all do that when we walk in a room. We go, hello. <laughs>